Hello everybody and welcome to another round numbered episode edition of Roped In. <laughs> Weird way of saying this is the 20th episode. I'm your host John Roper. I've got a special episode to me this week because I have some very fun guests on there. I'm not going to ruin it. You'll see them in the first segment. You'll you'll hear who they are. Um, if you've seen the Instagram post, you'll see who they are. Um, but yes, I, I, uh, I will be talking about Formula One today. So if you're, if you're not a Formula One fan, thank you very much for coming out. If you want, you could just put it on mute so it stays on listen the whole way. <laughs> um, but this will be a Formula One driven episode. Uh, the, the season ended today. Congratulations, Max. You won again. Red Bull won again. But I will just kind of be giving a recap on, on the season. Um, me and the guests that are on there absolutely love Formula One, so we're giving our take on what happened this season and what we think could potentially happen next season. Uh, I don't really want to delay the surprise. I was really excited to record this one. I had a lot of fun. These are some of my favorite guests ever. Um, so yeah, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. I am so excited today. My name is Brian Roper, not your usual person that you would like to hear, but this being the 20th episode of Roped In, it is my distinct pleasure to introduce you to our host today, John Lawrence Roper. Standing six foot seven from Jamaica. (laughs) (laughs) That's me, guys. Uh, Yeah, so... As you heard, As my father is with me, and I have two more uh, special surprise guests. It's my sister, Sarah, and my mom, Sally. Say hi, guys. Hi, everyone. I feel honored hi, to everyone. be part of your podcast. Uh, it's such voices, a pleasure and an honor. Oh, for voices, if you're following along, the first one was Sarah, the second one was Sally. Yo, yo. You're going to remember that forever. I know that. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, my family is big Formula One fans, so they're joining me on this first segment, um, where it's the Formula One recap. So the season just finished today. Uh, did you guys all kind of watch the race? I sure did, but um, it was an exciting one. I would say nice, nice end to the season. Yeah, no, I would agree. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. The last ten laps watched me. Um, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's early in Victoria, so <laughs> I was up at five a.m. Yeah. Um, but you it's, can rewind that stuff, John. You know. Yeah, that's. I have the Formula One TV, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna kind of potentially just like really dissect the last couple of laps. But I mean, yeah, surprise, surprise, cool. Max won. Woohoo! One of the interesting facts about today's race: it's the only race this year that all twenty cars finish. What is that actually a thing? Wow, that's true. Actually, that's true. I didn't even notice that. No yellow flags, no virtual safeties, no safety cars. Oh my goodness, I actually had no idea. Yeah, that's no, but fact. that's true. I mean, I, you know, during the race, there was this one point where I thought to myself, like, wow, because somebody said over the radio, I think it was to signs, um, you know, we might wait for a virtual safety car for their pit stop. And then I thought to myself, like, but for what? Why? Why would they? Like, there's nothing going on here. <laughs> Sainz needed a yellow flag to get any points. And it cost Ferrari the second place in the championship because he didn't qualify well and ended up starting 16th on the grid. And they had a tactic where they were planning to only change one set of tires. And he needed a virtual safety or a yellow a car 
so that he could go and change from his hard to his medium because he hadn't changed the compounds yet. And had he got that hard, the Ferrari would have got enough points to beat Mercedes-Benz. Yeah, that was the big talk of the race was that second place spot for most of it. And at the end, let's also talk about Leclerc's little impromptu strategy that he threw in. Um, John, I don't know if you got a chance to see what happened there, but Dad, tell them what happened. What happened? Well, Perez got a five-second penalty for bumping when he made an overtake, and he oh, and then Leclerc let Perez pass. Yeah, and he needed to be five seconds ahead of Russell, so that Russell would then come fourth, which would drop the points down. So that Ferrari would have enough. That's pump. why he let him pass, so he could go yes. around. Yeah, yes. So he let him like pass. Like a general. But Leclerc <laughs> was gentlemanly enough not to hold up Russell. Once he let Perez pass, he continued to drive. But what he was hoping is Perez would get enough drag and use of, of the DRS to get that five seconds out. But he only got to 3.8 seconds. But to be fair to Leclerc, he could easily have slowed up and caused problems for Russell and allowed that five seconds, but he didn't. He only allowed Perez to pass. So well, was- I that's, that's nice. That's nice fair play in a way where you're kind of like battling for something and trying to make slick moves. You know, it's nice to have a little bit of integrity left in there. It actually happened many years ago with Mika Hakkinen as well, but... That was before you kids were born, so we can't talk about that. Mika Hakkinen, he's the reason I'm a McLaren fan. Mika Hakkinen and David Coulthard were both the races on McLaren. And then when he retired, Kimi Raikkonen took his seat. There you go. Mika Hakkinen was two times world champion. Yeah, I've been a McLaren fan ever since. When they had the the shiny silver car. There you go. Yes. But Formula Um, 1 this year, um, I saw hope next year isn't like that. I found it pretty boring it was who was going to come second and who was going to come third max had 575 points second place was checo with 285 yeah it's a 300 point difference like yeah it's nice that he's a good racer and they've got a good car but i agree it's it's boring to watch the race when you know who's going to win ultimately that's really what you watch the race for Um, well i mean if max is not in p1 to start the race there can be some excitement in just seeing kind of how he moves back. Yeah, the first P1. 15 laps of the race. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think a lot of people have gotten used to watching for who comes second and then that being the exciting part of the race, especially when Max starts in P1 because then, you know, we're going to have gaps of anywhere between 10 to 25 seconds of Max being ahead. And I think people have gotten into that second place Sort yeah. of battle. I think it's, yeah, it's also like knowing the different stories, as he's saying. Like, you know, Max is going to win, but going into the day, which constructor is going to win second place? And ultimately, which driver is going to win fourth? It was four racers within six points for, for fourth place on the constructor, on the on the driver's yeah. championship. And as I a think... fan of, um, form, yeah. as a fan of Formula One. Yeah. As a fan of Formula One, I don't know the um, statistics as well as you guys do because it's just your jam. But as a just somebody who enjoys watching the racing, I thought today's race was mediocre. But the announcers and everybody made it exciting because of the constructors' challenge and who was going to come second. I mean, Verstappen and um, Red Bull have everything locked up 
So they made they made it interesting for a boring race. Yes, yeah. fair point. Fair yeah, point. The Formula One commentators are one of, if not the best, of the sports around the world. They they do a really good job. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. They have a lot to talk about. Like, yeah. even if there's lulls in a boring race, they can go talking about tires forever. They can talk about engines. They can talk about teams. They can talk about so many things. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. But that one announcer, the guy that runs up and down the grid and what's Martin Brundle. He is the best. He's a big commentator. He's a color commentator <laughs> and he knows everything. And he he won a few races. He used to, I think he he, he he used to work, I think, for McLaren as well. When he drove a car that was sponsored by a cigarette, Donnie Walker, a, a liquor company. And he he is great. I think he and Coulthard used to race together too. Oh really? And now Coulthard's the commentator. He's the post-race um, interview um, gentleman. And, and, and Jensen Button. And also, this was the first year in 17 that the British National Anthem wasn't played. So it's the first year in 17 years that an Englishman hasn't won at least one Grand Prix. And Lewis never win this year? No. Yeah. He hasn't won in two years. It's been two seasons. Can you tell me? I'm a Lando fan. He has won. I know, I know. Well, London is my number two, but let me tell you. Let's talk about Lewis for a second here, okay? Because Lewis did not have the best season again. Obviously, we, that that's a big topic in itself. He, but in third. That's good. he came in third. Mercedes came in second. That is not bad for a team that really can admittedly say that they've had like two pretty bad seasons and they really haven't had the best car. And we are fingers crossed that they're ditching this car for 2024. I mean, that's basically first when you take the dominant Red Bull out of it, which we've all done. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, to be honest, I didn't quite realize how much work Ferrari had done in the end of the season, the last like, I don't know, five, six races um, in kind of closing the gap on Mercedes because I remember looking at the stats during the season and being like, okay, we're way ahead, we're way ahead, we're way ahead. And by we, I mean Mercedes, everyone. I'm a Man, big Mercedes signs fan. just consistently top five. He just I, yes, up. yes. They, they just inched back up. And so when the commentators were talking about second, third place, the second place battle with Ferrari and Mercedes, I was like, wait, 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 they're that close? And, you know, it was interesting. Yeah, it was, it was a three-point difference. Mercedes only yeah. won. They had 409. Um, shocker, Red Bull had 860. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let, let's take Red Bull out of it. Which team do you think was a surprise team this year? Um, okay. I have two answers, but I'll let John go first. The surprise team, I don't know. Well, Aston Martin surprised me in the beginning. Yes. Right yes. away, Aston Martin surprised me, and then they turned into the Aston Martin I knew halfway through and then they turn it around towards the end again but then in the second half of the season because they started poorly mclaren so in a way they kind of traded spots i'd say mclaren overall because they shocked me i thought they were going to be good at the beginning and they sucked and then i thought they would continue to suck and they turned it around and were good but aston martin was probably the biggest shock um which i loved because i love seeing fernando alonso in the beginning of the season was amazing it, it looked like he was actually gonna push um for for that second place but yeah they couldn't they couldn't keep it going 
Well, am I ever happy that you said those two teams because that's exactly who I was thinking about and my sentiments are very similar. And a couple of things about Alonso too is that he had some memorable battles this season with Checo and even yes. with Lewis. And that wasn't just once or twice. Like It happened with Perez a number of times. It happened with Lewis a number of times. Even in today's race, I think he had some battles with Lewis. Um, so he was just exciting to watch at all points. And it was nice to see him do well at the beginning of the season, even though, you know, he's not my driver. I do feel happy for him. I think he did good in Aston Martin. I, I, I see where you're both coming from. Now, I guess they all have a question. Who do you think doesn't deserve their seat for next year? Lance Stroll. <laughs> yes. So, are oh, you guys really beat up Lance Stroll? No, oh, look, look here. Oh, Lance Stroll has Lance his performances. Where did Lance Stroll come in the championship points? He came 10th. How many points behind his teammate did he get? Thank you. All right, so <laughs> it's okay. No, don't get me wrong. He's a good uh, racer. No, but tell them, tell okay, them. He's a how good many racer. Points behind if you have get? somebody that that's better than him, Aston Martin would have come fourth. McLaren had a rookie driver, Piastri, who outscored Stroll, who's been in the car for a long time. Don't get me wrong. McLaren had a better car towards the second half of the season. And I, yes, I, I crap on Lance Stroll, but I just, I don't know. I don't think he's consistently put up the numbers that's going to help Aston Martin be a contender. Even well, a top three backup driver is Philly Drogovic. He deserves a seat. Yeah, he did fairly well, but he didn't, you know, he didn't. The, the outstanding driver in Formula 2 is is a backup driver for Alfa Romeo. He won their Formula 2 championship this morning. Your Porsche. There you go. He's, he is the guy that is, is he and Liam. Liam, who got points this year, um, you know, were, yeah, were more points than Logan Sargent, who raced. I know, <laughs> my God, for that. Well, as it stands, nineteen of the twenty seats are confirmed for next year. The only seat that's not confirmed is Logan Sargent. Well, there are many arguments as to why Logan Sargent might maintain the seat, and there's also a few you know, theories of where it could go. And, you know, John and I have spoken about this already, but I don't think people should be hugely surprised if Sargent stays in the seats. Now, John, elaborate. Yes. So where where it was coming from is, um, and things that where I could see is he's not, I want to put it nicely that I don't offend him. He's, perfect for that spot where he doesn't have the aspirations to go higher because <laughs> he doesn't have the skills for the aspirations to go higher so Williams knows they're comfortable with their spot it's also the American on the grid with Netflix's Drive to Survive series blowing up I'm sure they're getting a lot of sponsorships and viewerships and people are watching Williams because the American race is for them so they're getting their sponsorship that way I think that's a similar reason why Zhou Guanyu has his seat in Alfa Romeo for the Chinese sponsorship and viewers. But yes, Logan Sargent isn't driving to go further. And all these younger guys like Liam Lawson is pushing to go further. Theo Porcher, he's not going to stay with Williams. It's going to be like George Russell where it's the pit stop to get to Mercedes. Um, Liam Lawson's also locked into a contract with Alfa Tauri. And I think he's going to get the seat whenever Ricardo moves on. Um, Drogovic is locked into a contract with Aston Martin. Um, as as much as I 
I shouldn't say I don't think he deserves it. Every every racer that's in Formula One deserves their spot. They've proven to get there. But it's, yeah, I I could see why he would keep his spot for next year. Well, there's more to it. Logan Sargent has been test driving with the Andretti Cadillac setup, which comes into play in a few years' time. So, you know, there are now three races in America. There used to be just one Grand Prix, but they're now three. They've added Las Vegas to it. And they've got to have American drivers. It's, it's, it's a must. It's like Formula One has to burst the bubble and have a female driver one day as well. But Yes, they know, do. <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. But we should be all very proud of ourselves here in the Caribbean because we have a Caribbean driver who is signed on by Red Bull. Do you know who that is, Sarah? I mean, I have a, I know who I want to say, but I'm just going to let you say it so I don't, I, I save myself the embarrassment if I'm wrong. He's from Barbados, Zane Maloney. I, that's not who I would have said. So well done, Dad. Good. Now, Zane Maloney <laughs> came in, 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 in F2 this year. Um, and he's, he's, you know, with Ricardo now driving, he's actually the, the number three driver in the Red Bull setup. So if Liam Lawson gets a job, you're going to hear Mahoney's name. He'll be driving Formula One one day. That would be very, very cool. Yeah, I think Maloney's going to be in the seat one day. Um, of youngsters, I mean, so people that... So the only spot that's not secured for next year is Logan Sargent, for those that don't. Right. Um, every other spot is secured. Not that they don't deserve it, but people that I think in the next few years are going to be replaced by some youngsters. Uh, I've already just mentioned him. I think Zhou Guan Yu, as young, and he, he's got his sparks of talent here and there. I don't think he's going to keep his seat for, for overly long on Alfa Romeo. Uh, Yuki Sonoda, how long is he going to put up the numbers? How long is Red Bull going to keep up with his antics? I've already said Lance Stroll. Both the Haas drivers, I don't know how and why they kept both Haas drivers because they're older. I would have potentially gone a little younger. Um, but yeah, I mean, people like, like, uh, so yeah, Djokovic, Jack Duhan, Porsche, uh, all guys who are, who are waiting to come up that I think are, are going to take some seats in the next couple of years. Let's add another name to that mix because people have been talking about Michael, um, no, Mick Schumacher's return to a seat, you know, and Nick the potential that he wouldn't just be a reserve driver on Mercedes. So is he part of the discussion as well for Williams? Because I have heard his name thrown around. I want Mick back on a seat. I like Mick. Me too. I like him. And you know what? They made they made um a fair a fair um comment about him saying that the Haas car that he was in when he didn't perform well was also not a great racing car. And yes, he did cause a lot of um damage to the car with accidents and things like that. And maybe he didn't um do all the right things, but he wasn't really given the best situation for success and one might argue that if he were better set up with a team and um all of that that he could perform better i agree it's easier to say when it's not my money but spend i mean yeah. give him the time to to develop his career i agree i mean Haas came dead flipping last this year so was it really the greatest decision to move on and now keeping these two who i mean don't get me wrong you know what you're getting out of magnuson and 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 Hulkenberg, they're they're not going to destroy the car and cost you too much, but they're also not sure. going to get you points. Yeah, maybe they're not hungry enough. Maybe so, they need to again. Match, why I'm saying it's not my money. Price. As a fan, I would like to see my team go for a youngster and go for it. But again, if if it's 
it's easier said when it's not my money costing the team. You know, guys, I, I want to throw a little monkey in the wrench here. Schumacher is living off his dad's name, right? And he, he will never be as good as the great Michael Schumacher. And sure. I just don't think he has it. And for that reason, I mean, if one takes other sports, Charlie Woods, they think he's going to be as good as Tiger Woods. Dream on. Tiger Woods is a GOAT one in a century. And it's very difficult to follow somebody's footsteps. It's very difficult. I mean, you, you guys have been, you know, you've, you've had Christine as a, as a role and how difficult it is to follow her steps. And I, I feel that makes too much. I chose not to. Yeah, you know, it just wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. And you guys could have. You were talented and and exceptional oh, in Roy when you were in high school. But anyway, I agree with what Daddy's saying. Yeah, Pat Riley <laughs> called me and he was like, I want you to be the starting forward for the Miami Heat. And I was like, nope, it's my sister's time to shine. <laughs> uh, now that she's nobody. retired, I've started the podcast because it's my time to shine. Let me I love that for you, John. Love that for you. <laughs> Which driver but, that has not won a race do you think is going to win a race next year? Lando. Lando Norris. I actually, no, see, I, one, I'm a Lando fan, but two, I do think McLaren's going to come into this season better prepared than they were this year. And with the changes that they're going to make here and there, again, you're going to have your mistakes. Verstappen's not going to win all 28 of them. So Lando, I think, is going to win his first race next year. I really hope so. I really do. I mean, he Also is because so of the people that haven't won, who, who else is better set up to win? I think Piastri is going to be the surprise. You think Piastri is going to win before Lando? Yes, I do. Well, John, you have told me that you do think Piastri is a very good driver and he's going to do great. So, I mean, you one might argue that he's not that far behind Norris in, you know, he doesn't have a lot of performances where he's outperformed Lando. I could definitely see it. Um. I just also see it as a, I don't know, the team's going to push for Lando to win before they push for Piastri. So it's going to take more of a, not a freak accident, but it's going to take more of a, like a Lando crash or like a mistake for Piastri to win before Lando. Maybe uh, Piastri just goes off one race. Maybe he just has a bomb race and he's just like zipping through and just having like the race of his life. That could happen too. I don't think the gap between them is big enough to say that Piastri couldn't get it by just. <clears throat> I think they have the it. skill, it's just the experience. Yeah. And I'm Piastri is going to win in Monaco because he's going to, he's going to qualify first. And both Monaco and Singapore, if you qualify first, you're going to win. You know, I can actually see that because Piastri does outperform Lando in a decent amount of the qualifying. Correct. Piastri in Monaco, 2024. Let's make a date. I love that, Dad. I love love the conviction in that prediction. Well, it's the only race that that Max won't win because he he lives in Monaco and he he goes off and he's too much of a friend and he can't win in Monaco because he lives there. All right, Piastri, Monaco, 2024. I'm going to bet on it. Just kidding, guys. I don't condone betting. Don't bet your money. Please don't gamble. <laughs> I'm still praying for Lewis to win another race. So yeah. I have to... Yeah, I think... I, honestly... one. But hold on. I want to quickly go back because I don't want to forget about it. Schumacher, you say he's not a good driver. Like, I don't Thank know. You. I want to go back so, too. Mick Schumacher won the Formula 2 championship in 2020. And I know it's not like a crazy thing, but 
We've just said Theo Porsche is like the big upcoming driver because he's won a Formula 2 championship, but we're counting out Mick. But then here are the previous winners is Leclerc, Russell, Piastri, Drogovic, and yes, DeVries who didn't perform, and you're going to have your outliers. But I think winning Formula 2 shows that you you actually can race, um, especially when all the cars actually are the same. You're proving you're one of the better racers. And yes, I don't think he's going to be like his dad. I, I don't think he's ever going to be like his dad. He's never going to get to that level. But I do think that he's going to be a team that, you know, like an Aston Martin Alpine level team could do with a person like Mick Schumacher. Yeah, middle of the field. I totally agree with you, John. He won't be his dad, but it yeah. doesn't mean he can't be doing better than he is now. Well, that's, yes. I think there are people on the grid that perform if not equally to Mick Schumacher, given the same circumstances. I mean, wow. Latifi had a seat for seven years. <laughs> oh, gosh, poor guy. Paul is going to have a seat for 10 as long as dad owns the team. Yeah, seriously. So people like that is where I think there are people like Schumacher that could at least get a spot. Well, let's talk about this for a quick second. We don't have to spend long, but do we see Lawrence Stroll owning that team for forever and all of that, because I also saw some chatter about, you know, his dad kind of pulling out. And then by that happening, maybe we could see Lance lose the seat. I mean, I sure hope so. But Formula One making too much money. Why would you sell it? He's not. And he's the only Canadian guy that has the ball. He's not going anywhere, guys. Oh, boy. Okay. I, I have hope, Sarah. I have hope. Lawrence Stroll. It's okay. Not... We have a couple of more bad post-race interviews to watch. It's okay. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I was going to tell you guys, and I know Sarah's going to be upset, but her Mexican guy, he better come up next year, otherwise he's going to lose that seat. Who's my Mexican guy? Perez? No. Checo Perez. Yeah. So this is the thing. I mean, well, just so viewers know, Dad says my Mexican driver just because, you know, I'm half Mexican because I live there. Um, so it's not Esteban Alcon? No. Oh, he's French. Is he French he's or Mexican? Not, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure Perez is the only Mexican in the... He is. He is. I don't know why I had I thought Alcon. Alcon that's is okay. We all, have a, we all have a brain fart from time to time. Big brain fart. Big, big. Yeah, that's okay. You farted up in the brain. I got you. Um <laughs> So, yeah, so I do like Perez. And, Dad, you are very right. I do think that he is like also him. somebody that could lose his seat. But, but Perez does perform. I wouldn't say as consistently. We're not expecting it every race. And sometimes, you know, even at the beginning of the season, I said, wow, I wonder if Perez is going to challenge Max and make this a season between the Red Bulls. Obviously, that did not happen pretty quickly. But, you know, I think he does well enough at the moment to stay in the seat that he's in. Not to say that there's not other drivers that I think would do well as well. But I think he's holding it down decently well. Checo will leave if Checo wants to leave because if they put another racer in there, it's going to compete too much with Max and they know it. The, right. The personalities that those two drivers have complement each other because of the submissiveness, I guess, or lack of a better word, that Perez has towards Max and other drivers maybe. I think, yeah, a, I think Perez is a smart a racer. It's not going to cost you a lot of money and he's not going to challenge Max for a championship. Yeah, you know, guys, Checo led Formula One in one statistic this year. One tires used the most overtakes. Huh? He started <laughs> with an average of 10.1 on the grid. He can't qualify, he doesn't know how to do it. And because he has a fast car, 
because they do fast pit stops, because they have great engineers, he is forced to pass so many people. Now, that ain't a great stat. That's no, hold on, hold on, hold on. You can't all of a sudden make Checo's amazingness be because of the car and then make Rex Verstappen seem like he's amazing because he's the greatest racer. That's so if it's the car that's making Checo go from 10 to 1, it's the car that's making Verstappen win by 45 seconds. I possibly, guys, but I, I just I don't want Checo there. I, I'm I'm a I'm a Red Bull fan and I don't think he's he's what they want. And Who would I, you rather have in the seat? Lando. Lando and Max are the best friends in Formula One. Lando is fine right where he is for another at least two years. Give him that. He wants to win too. He can't win with McLaren. He won't sure. win in being Max's teammate. No, but that yeah, would be actually can. quite fun because him and Max are good friends. That would be fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. But being a McLaren fan, being a Lando fan, I want to see him win with McLaren. So please don't leave. Don't go to Red Bull, please. <laughs> uh, if you boy, ever listen to this. <laughs> So, which do you think is the most exciting Formula One race? We watched 22 of them this year. Hmm. I mean, they had their moments. I, I don't like street races in sense of they are very not overtake. You don't really see much happen. But then there are also certain things. Like, I know there was periods of even today's race, where it's not necessarily a street race, but even periods of today's race where... They they were a lot closer because of it. Um, the Vegas race was was fun um, in terms of the ending on certain finales. How no favorite? You race know what, which was the race that had um what, maybe there was two races this season that had a complete restart. Um, there was a lot of crashes. One of them happened recently, and they had a red flag. Is that what it's called? The red flag when they have to yes, do a Yes, I know what you mean. There were two red flags. And they were out and there was, you know, big crashes. But I mean, I can't recall actually right now thinking if it wasn't for those crashes, if those races were exciting. But no, I know what you I mean. There were two. I know what you mean because there were two red flags and McLaren came second. Yeah. And honestly, if we can think back to the two races that Max didn't win, um, or sorry, I don't know if it was three. Did Perez win two and Sainz win one? Anyways, whichever races Max didn't win, those might have been exciting races. If money wasn't an object, which one race would you want to go to? Uh, Abu Dhabi looks pretty good on the back of a yacht. Sign me up. <laughs> mm. Want to go, John? I don't know. Because like you, you want to say things like Monaco on the back of a yacht, like in that harbor. That would be like, if money wasn't a thing, that would probably be where I'd want to sit. On the back of a yacht in the Monaco Harbor. I want to go to Silverstone in England. See, that's it. Like, it's, yeah. That was my number two, for sure. Silverstone. Uh, Silverstone. I uh, I like uh, down in Brazil. Their track would be a good one. San Paulo. Sao Paulo. Um, I personally really like the Bahrain track. I wouldn't want to go there, but I like that track. I like the openness of it. I agree with John. Yes. I don't love the street races as much, which is probably why I wouldn't pick Monaco on the back of a yacht. I'd pick Abu Dhabi on the back of a yacht. Also, it's the last race of the season. There's a lot of hype. And, you know, yeah, if it were that the championship was close, it would be an exciting race. And, you know, it's just Lux. It feels Lux. Yeah. 
But Silverstone is definitely my number two. Also, you know, just make a nice little trip out of it and enjoy England. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, what's hold on? When are we going to England next year? What do you mean? Who's going to England next year? Aren't we? Hello, world family. We're plan we're planning a trip. Maybe we'll go to Silverstone. Um, how about oh, the amazing Alpha Tori becoming racing bull? I just want you all to know that at the end of at the end of every race, we always say, "Oh, that's where we want to go next year. That's where we want to go next year." So, yeah, lots of dreams. Well, no, it's because this podcast, thanks to all of you listeners, is going to make me very rich, and we're going to be able to go to every race one year. Thank you. Can we please have Thanks, the passes? Yeah, well, everyone's going to get passes. Give me, give me like, you know, at this rate, 20 to 30 years. We'll be there. We'll be there. Hello. Hello. I like the confidence that you had like 10 seconds ago. Let's no, we'll give that. me at this rate, we'll be there next year, 2024. Thank you. That's that's what I'm talking about. Go there. 2025, 2025, 2024. Big up, big close, up. 24 kind of close. If you wait for 20 years, I won't be there. We'll do it in 25. I'll okay, be, but you'll now, have to carry me. Now I know I know that we might be needing to wrap up this segment, but I have a question to ask. I need opinions on Lewis Hamilton, Mercedes. What is Mercedes going to do differently next year to position themselves better? What can my team hope for um, as a best case scenario for next year? And what are, what are your guys' thoughts on Lewis getting back to his former glory or staying in the top? Give, give, me, your, give me your opinions. You know, Lewis is the number one driver. He's won the most races ever in Formula One. He's won 103 races. But he's never going to get back to the old glory days. He's not young anymore. He's not young. He is, I think, the second oldest driver behind Alonso in Formula One. And I just don't think that he has the desire to win that he did 10 years ago. And I, I'm afraid to say, Sarah, if he's your horse in the big race, does buy places to come second and third. He's not going to win again. I wouldn't necessarily say so much the desire. Yeah, I think some of the, the burn has gone, but I do think he still wants to win every race he can. I think it's more Mercedes. Realistically, yes, Max Verstappen's the best racer on the grid, but that Red Bull engineering team has designed a championship winning car. And until another car can compete with that RB19 or what's going to be RB20 next year, no team is going to do anything no matter what racer is behind the wheel. I mean, realistically, yes, you're a Red Bull fan. Do you think Max Verstappen in the Mercedes car would be a champion? Yeah. Honestly, I do think that there's potential for that to have happened because one of the things that I'll credit Max with is that he is a fearless driver and you can see it at the start of every race. Yeah, he's in P1, but there's always a challenge from the person in P2 and P3 at that first corner or second corner. And he always steps up to the plate and Max will go for it. Even today, Leclerc put up a little bit of a fight at the start of the race and Max answered the call and was like, not today. And he does things that I think are daring. He, I think knows how to, you know, you see those slow-mos of Max, like barely clipping the wall like this, like this far away from the wall. He knows how to push his car to the limit. And they do think that he is the best driver on the grid 
last season and this season. Let's not talk about the season that was stolen from Lewis. Um, but yes, Max is phenomenal. You cannot take that away from him. He's not my driver. So yeah, I like to poop on him, but he's phenomenal. You know the reason that Max is so good? Adrian Newey. Adrian Newey has built that car. He's the engineer for Red Bull. And mm -hmm. Adrian Newey has built that car to match Max Verstappen's driving style. As opposed to people building a car and hoping for the drivers to adapt to it. They recognize that Max goes into corners hard. He comes out of corners soft. He's built the car for Max. Until other engineers start to do that, it's going to be hard to beat Max. That's exactly because what I was going to say with Mercedes, with the engineering teams. You have to start to build the car for the racers. That's where Mercedes, when they were dominant, were doing things like that. When they had Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg, you saw certain little things of the little tweaks of how the differences between Rosberg and Hamilton's car based on their driving styles. And it's things like mm -hmm. that where... You know, the car and the Max, the car and the driver have to be one. It's not build the car for the driver to race it. And Max, do you feel that there was a disconnect between Lewis and his car this season, or even partly. last season as well? Did he complain about his car all the time? Yes. 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 I think, yeah. The complaining I about the car gives me that belief. Yes. And you know, Max Max doesn't like weight in the back of the car. The clerk likes weight in the back of the car. So. Max is able to control the back of his car, even though it doesn't have the downforce that other cars do. And what ends up happening is these engineers going to build cars and say, you're going to learn to drive that. And that's going to have to change if you're going to compete against the greats. I want to go back to uh, Sarah's comment about Hamilton. And everybody has their time and their place. We, When I started getting interested in F1, Schumacher was unbeatable. And it was always Michael Schumacher, Schumacher, Schumacher. And then Hamilton started to do well. And he's had his heyday and his time. And now it's just moved on and it's Verstappen. And it doesn't mean Lewis cannot win another race. I don't think he's going to win another championship. But, uh, you know, it's, it's as in every sport, it just has its hills and, uh, and, and the shining stars of today become a distant memory tomorrow. Fair. Fair. Host, are you enjoying this today? Are you enjoying your family input? Yes, I am. This has been a, a very, very fun Formula One talk. I, I mean, I knew it would be. Um, I guess the the one thing, like, two things that I want to quickly mention is one, in my eyes, a bit of a funny story is how AlphaTauri next year is just going to be Racing Bull. I don't know if you saw it's that. It's going to be what? They're going to yeah, be called Racing Bull. Racing Bull? Yes. That's the new name of AlphaTauri next year. Racing I don't Bull. mind it changing from AlphaTauri, but Racing Bull? There's now Red Bull and Racing Bull. Oh, and okay. they, their, their principal is gone. We don't know who the new principal will be, though. Yeah. This is how you know. This is how you know men are making decisions. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, but I guess where I leave it, and we don't necessarily need to give a huge explanation. But uh, what would be your one surprise prediction for next year? Hmm. Great question. That's really, really tough because I don't have the capacity to say because of the teams and the engineering and everything behind it. I have no idea, John. Maybe it would be surprised that Max doesn't uh, wipe the slate again. Uh, 
Um, and, you know, as I say, do a sweep like he's controlled the sport this team this year. And it's um, maybe it's going to be a challenge as to who comes first, as opposed to who's coming second or third. Yes, great is the prize of next year. Yes. My surprise, yes, is that it's going to be um, McLaren also in that fight for second place. But is that surprise? I mean, yes. there were 100 we're points. Kind of, okay, this season that kind of set us up. That's, this season kind of set us up for, you know, kind of believing again in McLaren's potential. Anyways, I accept it, but, you know. No, I see what you're saying. Um, you know, for me, I'm thinking surprise. Like, one of the things that would be so, so surprised, like, maybe signs does better than Leclerc next season. I feel like Leclerc had a bigger gap between him and Sainz um, two seasons ago. Uh, no, sorry, last season. And then this season, I found it a little tighter. Maybe that's going to be a surprise. Maybe Sainz does better than Leclerc next season. I could easily see it. There was only six points between them this year. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that that maybe that would be cool. I like Sainz. He's a great driver. I could see it. You know what? They're all great drivers. All right. In terms of surprises on drivers on teams, Sarah's not going to like this. My surprise, George is going to outperform Lewis next year. Yeah. Listen, listen. Actually, no. I'm a no, I can't, say that. I can't say that. I want to say I, that, but I can't say that. I do think Lewis has the experience and consistency that he probably will. But damn. Let me get something straight for the viewers here. I am a Lewis Hamilton fan, but I pride myself on being very good at um, noticing the talent for what it is around the board. And I do feel happy for a lot of these drivers in their success, even though I want Lewis to win every race. I love Lando. I like when Lando does well. I like Perez decently well. I like Sainz. I like Leclerc. I like a bunch of these guys. So I can be happy for them and still want Lewis to win a race again. You mentioned a lot of people that you're happy for, but there's a name that you've just forgotten to mention. Which one? The guy. The goat. No, Dad, Michael Schumacher's retired. No. <laughs> Go and say it, man. Nicholas Latifi. <laughs> All right, fair enough. If you can't admit his brilliance, let's leave it at that. Let oh, of course, it's Max Verstappen. Thanks, John. Wait, Ooh. I don't, but I already said that I'm not a big, huge Max Verstappen fan. So people aren't waiting to hear that come out of my mouth. It's not going to happen. I rate him. I gave him his. I gave. I gave him his big up. I gave him all all the respect he is due. But it doesn't mean I have to like him. I agree. I'm in the exact same boat, Sarah. Yeah. Respect, talent. You're the best you racer. Have to you're... But you have to appreciate his brilliance. He's an amazing driver in an amazing car. So you know who's brilliant? Christian Horner. That man is brilliant. Change your effing car. Yeah. <laughs> I love when uh, Christian Horner this year, he says, it's rumored that they underneath of your car, there are pictures floating around the garage. This year, I have pictures of everybody's on the car as well. Don't worry about it. We all <laughs> know what each other is doing. All right? It's just who does it best, who has the best simulators, and who uses their money the best. The wind tunnel, I don't believe the wind tunnel is a big issue because you can simulate the wind tunnel, but you can't simulate anything else. I think it also helps with the amount of money. Um, I'm sure Haas would would very much like to have uh, Red Bull's budget. 
Guys, a mega thing that we have not discussed is something that was highly discussed this season, which is the sprints and the sprint for format and the layout and all of the drivers' discontentment with the way that the sprint is run and everyone being a seemingly very open to the sprint rules changing, maybe reversing the grid, maybe whatever, whatever. But that that's a biggie. Yes. Of all the sprints, and maybe just because I'm a fan and I want to see the race, I like the reverse grid. I want to see the reverse grid sprint. That And I, it doesn't, yes, logistically, it doesn't make sense. But as a fan of just watching racing, I want to see it. Yeah, there's there's definitely... But it logistically, does not make sense. I get it. Listen, the reverse grid isn't going to work. Do you think that Max is going to go out and qualify first if he knows he has to start 20th? Yeah, that's the problem. They that's have why I to said logistically it. it's not going to work, but wouldn't well, you like to see could. Max start 20th and finish first? No, 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 oh, no. Listen. If you stay altering the grid by five spaces, I'm into that. I'm into that. All right? I have no problem. Let, let the top five start six to ten. Let the next bunch start ten to fifteen, and you can put the bottom ones right on the top. But there's no way you can say to the great drivers, you have to pass 20 cars in 25 laps. It's not going to happen. I I hear you. And that that one that you said there at the end was actually a very good idea. Just bumping up those last five drivers and then shifting everyone back. That's cool. But these are two options as well. I'll keep it quick. One is, what if the qualifying for the Grand Prix um, happens on the Friday and then they have to use that qualifying as the sprint one and then they flip it. So people are still going to want to come in P1 because that determines the Grand Prix. So you just take that same qualifying and just flip it. So that would be a good way to flip it. So you're not having people not wanting to perform. Another way, Dad, is what if they did two sprints and did one to 10 and one to 10 and we just changed it up like a whopping way and not have 20 cars on the grid? Well, if they flip it, what's to stop somebody for intentionally throwing off the race and coming in last so he becomes the top? You know, okay. you know? I see what's here. Another one, Sarah, was kind of onto something as well. I mean, yes, this also might not make logistic sense. I just popped in my head. I didn't think it through. But what if the sprint was just the people that qualified 11 through 20? As in the yeah. people 1 through 10 are already going to get points. That way you're not having Haas get 12 points a season. You actually have people that are going to continuously get points and it's going to help the bottom of the Constructors' Championship actually make sense. And yeah, Max Verstappen is not going to do the sprint race on Saturday. He doesn't need to. He's already qualified P1. He's just going to race on Sunday. But it now gives Haas, who's not going to get any points on the weekend, an ability to get points on the weekend. Yeah, that's not going to work. The teams won't buy that because they would then lose 20 or 30 laps of test time. A lot of those guys use those sprints to alter how their cars are set up. So I think we're going to have to have all of them race. But the, the big question is, you know, where, where they start on the grid and which races do it. What the, what the drivers don't like is that they need to qualify and they're hoping to qualify for the Grand Prix after the sprint. So maybe they can run the sprint in the morning and do the qualifying in the evening. They don't want them mixed up. Yeah, what about just doing a random them. draw? You could also just, just throw pull. another practice session in for those people that did finish top 10 so they, they don't lose out on their track time. 
at any track time. Those guys, those you know, when a guy crashes, they try and fix the car to go back out just so that they can see what happened when and if. You know, yeah. I, I just like to see somehow the sprint be able to let those people that aren't going to get points on the weekend somehow get points on the weekend. I'm for you. I'd like somehow for of- that to be able to work. So again, like a Haas or Alfa Romeo or a Williams or a Alfa Tauri is is in contention for sprint points. Yeah, and I think one of the best things that has come from this season is the seemingly openness to actually discuss change. And, you know, maybe we're actually not that far away from seeing the sprint format change or all of these ideas that we've come up with are cool, different variations of it. But at the end of the day, I think that they are open to to trying to make it more exciting and better for the teams. No, I fully agree. So Formula One, if you're listening and you take our ideas, pay us. Thank us later. No, you don't need to pay. Don't, don't, no, 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 no. You don't need to pay Brian. Pay me. Don't pay anybody. Just give us tickets to Paddock Club at Silverstone for 2024. No, That's no, like no. You us. can give Brian the tickets. Again, pay me. <laughs> give give me the money. Um, oh, either I'm way. For that. <laughs> yeah, either way. Um, thank you very much, family, for joining me on this Formula One um segment here. I had a lot of fun. Um, I didn't realize it was... Actually, I shouldn't say I didn't realize. I knew it was going to go for quite a while because we absolutely love Formula One and I absolutely love discussing it. So, yeah. Thank you very much. And listeners, look forward to hearing these people in the future. Well, John... Thank you for inviting us. I'm so, so, so honored that you invited us in. I love doing this chat with you guys. I think we're all people that um, enjoy sharing our opinions on things. So it's nice for us to do it on this platform. And I cannot wait to be back. Talking about back, what about soccer? What happened this week with Newcastle and Chelsea, Sarah? Stick a pin, stick a pin. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to remove myself from the conversation now. I have nothing further to add, especially on soccer. John, it was a pleasure. I love all of you. I'm out. Thank you very much. Yes, this is a, definitely a Formula One segment. But what I'll end it on is a little pro tip to anybody starting a podcast. Get yourself some guests and some hosts. It gives you uh, drink breaks. This drink break sponsored by Ice Tea. Thank you very much. <laughs>Thank you for coming out for another episode of Roped In. Uh, I know I have a lot more usually and I have a couple of different segments, but not to say I got carried away. I had a lot of fun talking with my family on this one. Um, but you know what? I just I didn't necessarily do a longer one. Um, I wasn't necessarily as prepared as I wanted to be for the next segment with my father. So we didn't record that one. And then I kind of just left it the way it was. Uh, I think eventually I'm going to have some of the longer episodes. I've been hearing some feedback from some people that they, they wouldn't mind every once in a while a longer one if it's enticing and exciting enough. Uh, but this won't be one of those episodes. Again, you've heard just Formula One, and that's all you're going to hear on today's episode. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Again, if this is your first time, thank you for coming. I've, I hope me and my family have said the right things that makes you come back next week. If you are a return listener... Thank you very much for coming back. I really do appreciate it. As always, Hakuna Matata.